the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Here we are together again. It is episode 57 of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. My name is John Taylor, the lady in the floral print with the beautiful bun. If you're viewing us on Facebook, is oh, nice bun. comedian Shan Carr. I love your hair. I love that, you know, if it were a boy, it would be plural buns. But for me, just the one attractive bun. You could get um, two and do like the Princess Leia thing. Yeah. Now I have to. Great. Thanks. And we, of course, have our uh, mountainside uh, Sherpa of all things gay in Palm Springs, the gay desert guide himself, Brad Fur. Thank you very much. Hey, I think, uh, Sh- Shan, what we should do is uh, the bagels on the side. You would yes. A couple of uh, towny bagels. Uh, and we'll just we'll put the cream cheese on there and then we'll just stick it to the side of your head. They will stay there. And then what we'll do is we'll have a contest as to which one falls off first yeah. with the cream cheese sticking to your ear. Always with the non-comedian not knowing where to end the yeah. joke, like we'll taking t- it to where it's not funny anymore. We'll d- <laughs> we will take all of that under advisement, Brad. <laughs> it was and, good until they were falling off because truthfully they wouldn't last on there long it's been so long since i've had a bagel i would take them to my bedroom and eat them both by myself with no one watching yeah, yeah yeah yes today's i love gay palm springs podcast is brought to you in part by townie bagel that's right and <laughs> and these fine sponsors brad well our real sponsors tori nissan and lakita gay desert guide nissan leaf mobile came from Tory Nissan. You can get a great deal on a new or used car today. See Bob Bailey or Robin Barnes at Tory Nissan in La Quinta. And by Out and About CBD, the company dedicated to naturally enhancing wellness in our LGBTQ community. Uh, use the promo code GDG10 when you order and you get an additional 10% off. Uh, find Out and About CBD on Gay Desert Guide. You can also get a free uh, pride mask. All right. With and who, who do we have uh, joining us in this uh, Zoom cast today? Yeah, heavens, we've got, a, we've got a, an all-star cast. Shan, do you want to kick it off? Well, one of my favorite people, Lex Ortega from the LGBT Community Center of the Desert. Lex has been there for about four years now, so I can't wait to see what Lex has to say. They've been offering so many virtual programs and, and stuff like that. So lots of input. And then the ever-popular Jeff Hawker. Jeff mm-hmm. Hawker, at, at the risk of sounding dirty, has his hands in every <laughs> pie in town, every pocket, every pair of pants. Jeff Hawker's got his hands there in them. Go. And by uh, the way, Jeff, this morning, as we are recording this, is on a call with the city to talk about events happening. So we're going to have a hot off the press news on what's happening mm-hmm. with our events like Pride and Halloween on Arenas. And we've got Rob Gaisecki, I think I pronounced that properly, from Chill Bar Palm Springs. They've installed a kitchen, and Chill Bar Outside will be opening this weekend. And we, of course, will be checking in with our uh, eye on uh, the desert. He is the uh, publisher <laughs> of Coachella Valley. Not that Indi- eye on the desert. No, yeah, no, <laughs> he's okay. got the pink eye. Uh, we've got. No, he's got the side eye on yes. the desert. Uh, yes. Uh, Jimmy Bogle is the publisher and editor of the Coachella Valley Independent, and he'll be joining us as we kick off the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast right after this message. Hi, this is Shan Carr from Gay Desert Guide, and this month in August, we are debuting eight different fun and games events. Tuesday nights is going to be game shows. Saturday nights is dating. So go to the Gay Desert Guide and figure out some fun that you can have at home with us at Fun and Games. 
Welcome to the publisher of Coachella Valley Independent. It's our good buddy, Jimmy Bogle. How are you? Splendid. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Good. Give us the Hi, side handsome. eye. Yes. Side I eye. Know. <laughs> well, there's, you're going to have to work on the face because side eye has got to have a little like smirky frowny. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm still laughing over the new moniker, so uh, forgive me. I side eye on the make, desert. I'm going to make you the business cards. I'll send them okay. right over. It's good. <laughs> All right, side eye. So what is in our uh, latest newsletter? I got one this morning, actually. And yes. uh, oh. the state is confused. That's the thing that I think is really alarming is that it's come out. Um, there were starting to be little hints uh, from some activists that followed the COVID stats, both locally and in state late early last week, when all of a sudden numbers dropped. Like it looked like all of a sudden would flatten the curve virtually overnight. Yeah. Well, it's come out um, on Monday and Tuesday that there's some sort of glitch in the state's reporting process <laughs> for the COVID numbers. The good news is we do know hospitalizations are down. Right. We do know that um, the death rate is still up. The death rate is the last indicator. But in terms of the actual COVID cases in the state of California and in Riverside County, we don't know the numbers. It's crazy. And we don't know how long the numbers have been off. And that's really, really frightening. Yeah. yeah. I was listening this morning to K News, uh, where Bill Feingold uh, used to hold the show, and they're still calling it the Bill Feingold Show. I must tell you, it's taken a, a right-wing turn that I was not expecting from Mike Mozinga and Kevin Holmes. They were like, Kevin said, oh, I got a pride mask. I would never wear that out. Even though I'm out and gay, I would never wear that. I'll, not that he wouldn't wear a mask. We said, I don't wear a mask when I'm pumping gas. I don't, if I'm not around people, I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't believe in it. And I'm like, really, it's not about you. It's about the people that could potentially be around you. And I, I'm really surprised. Um, so that's that, what you mean by like a right wing. Yeah, right. Like I, a little bit of a right turn. I, I'm surprised that they are really. Sounds more like the, just a stupid moment or something. Because I, I mean, know. I don't want to make I don't want to make a big judgment call. But I know. I mean, if I'm alone at a gas pump and there's no one out pumping gas or near the gas pump, I mean, I guess it's not. If it is about other people and there are no other people, then yeah, I, yeah. But still, it's the image of the thing, right? That right. you're talking it's, it's about. The, it's the it's the same thing about uh, you know, are, are we being? Is it irresponsible to say, well, you know, you can kind of get away with it, um, and you don't want to lie about it and say, well, I always wear a face mask when you don't. But at the <laughs> we've same we've seen time, those who do. Yeah, I know. I wear a face mask when I go to the dumpster. I wear a face mask when I masturbate. Oh, no, I don't. That might be TMI, but thanks for sharing. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Okay, let's try the side eye again on that one. Oh, excellent side eye. It's getting better. You're natural. You just were afraid to use it. Early early in the morning, we get up, and early being 7 o'clock in the morning, which is about as early as I can take. Lately, my husband and I have been getting up and taking walks around the extended block here. Um, and we always wave when we go by uh, John Taylor's apartment complex. We oh. always wave at you. I don't know if you see it. But, uh, you know, we don't wear our masks. Let me rephrase that. We don't have our masks over our faces when we are walking and there's no one else around. Correct. But we both have them around our necks. And anytime anyone comes within 40 or 50 feet of us or we're approaching anyone, we put them on. Yeah, well, That's they the were responsible actually, thing yeah, to and, do. And, but they were actually um, uh, advocating to open back up. 
like we should be opening back up. Both of them were. And I thought, really? you know, that combined with this mask thing. And then Gene Nichols came on and talked about all the case numbers. And he was kind of in his own way, uh, putting a little spin on it. Like the numbers aren't that high. Oh my and gosh. Okay. Talk about dust. So I'm just like, you know, but I mean, that is a right-wing radio station. They've got Rush Limbaugh and Hannity and everybody else on. But that's not who those people are, I thought. I that's mean, what I thought, too. I was, well, I was a little taken back by that. Brad, you're the radio expert here, as, as are you, John. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here. A lot of radio news shows aren't actual news. They're more entertainment. They're more yeah. to get ratings. They're oh, more yeah. to get... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, it's not. You know, a, it's I mean, a, right. it's Rush, Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh is a despicable human being in my book, but he's a fantastic entertainer. Oh, on yeah. Road trips, on road trips on occasion, if I can handle my, my, um, my blood pressure not boiling over, I will actually <laughs> listen to him at times because he's so, a showman. So yeah, Rush Limbaugh is a showman. Rush came out of radio years ago, Top 40 Radio, and he basically programs the hits. He knows that he's yep. got certain hot button topics and yep. that he can, he doesn't believe he actually has gone on video. I used to teach this at COD in my radio course. He used to go on, he went on TV and said, I don't believe a lot of the stuff that I say, but it's entertaining and people react to it. Yeah. And that's the scary thing is that people don't understand that they're not listening to news. They're listening to entertainment. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's from 1987. You know, that was the anniversary of the birth of, of uh, those kinds of talk shows yep. yeah. because the fairness doctrine was thrown out. You don't have to have uh, equal time. You don't have no. to operate in the public interest. Look at that little piece of radio education I just got. Edumacation. Edumacation. You look at the damage that that and some of the cable news things have done to this country is all of a sudden distrust of the media is sky high. Meanwhile, those of us that toil at most newspapers, be them, um, you know, the Coachella Valley Independent or the the Desert Sun or, you know, whatever paper you want to talk about, we're actually doing journalism. Now, that doesn't say that sometimes that newspapers and certain writers and certain articles even may not have a slant. Because, right. you know, the other danger is having what's called both sidesism, mm. whereas the old, the old stereotypical joke is, you know, calling up the Nazi party to get a quote on the concentration camps. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. That's that's crass and that's a horrible example. But that's the extension of both sidesism, you know, yeah. is 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 it's OK to when Donald Trump objectively, no doubt, lies to say, hey, that that's a lie over there. That's okay. You don't have to do a both sides thing and saying, well, you know, it's, it's, there's, you know, alternative facts. No, you can, you can actually have a stance. You can have a slant. You have to be fair and actually balanced, unlike the Fox News version. How can and they make that? There's so slogan. much of our media. So much of our media is focused on the entertainment value. It's focused on getting a reaction. It's focused on getting ratings. These days, it's focused on getting social media shares. And that is really doing serious damage to our country. It really is. That's why the best political coverage out there is comedians. It absolutely <laughs> It's so frustrating to me that I really can't write that kind of comedy, but it's 100% my favorite to watch, political yeah. comedy. Like, just, I, I don't want to hear about it from anybody but Jimmy and Seth Myers or, mm -hmm. you know, Noah, Trevor Noah. Noah or, Trevor Noah, yeah. Yeah. I have totally been enjoying Seth Meyers in yeah. his attic with the pirate picture. I mean, yeah. it's just it's great. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Totally different subject. What do you, what do you especially, Jimmy, think about uh, the announcement that Eric Garcetti is going to crack down on parties 
uh, that are happening in, in private homes by shutting off the water and the power. <laughs> I know. You know, I, I, at first when I heard that announcement, I thought, I don't know if you can actually do that um, because there are public safety issues there and stuff like that. But the more and more I actually think about the announcement itself, I think it's a fantastic, oh, okay, everyone else is drinking coffee, so let me get in. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have our I Love Gay Palm Springs yeah. mugs. We I didn't just... get one. I'm so well, pissed off. we're listening. Yeah, we need to be caffeinated. Oh, yeah. But no, the more, I, the more I think about the announcement, the more I think it was a good idea because yeah. it might actually scare some people into not doing stupid shit. And so I'm, I'm actually okay with the announcement. I really am. I, you know, I have a lot of issues with Eric Garcetti in other ways, but, but, but that announcement I have no problem with. They own the utilities. It's a city utility company. Oh, yeah, that's so right. obviously it's very easy for them to do that. I have no issue with that. How can it's not much of a public safety it's more of a public safety issue to have two hundred or two hundred and fifty people in a home that's only meant for, you know, a capacity of forty or fifty, even the mansions. So yeah. I don't know. Chan, are you are you thinking it's a little overreach? I don't know. People are idiots in this country. All of our freedoms have made us unmanageable, unable to care for ourselves in the most basic ways where we could save lives. And I, the fact that we don't have the common sense to do the simple things that would change the country means that we don't deserve the... I mean, I don't want to say we don't deserve no. those rights, but... If you can't save your own life, put your seatbelt on or we'll put your seatbelt on for you. The, there's an irony to the fact that the people calling for reopenings, that they want everything to reopen, are also the same people that saying that, you know, forcing people to wear masks is unconstitutional because there's an increasing amount of evidence that if we did 95% mask use, that, yeah. you know, not necessarily everything, but a lot of things could reopen. That's you know? what I... It's yeah, common I don't know. sense. I, one plus yep. one equals two, and they're fighting two. Yep. You know, I don't know about bars, but there's no reason movie theaters can't be open if, as long as right. they're watching their filtration and then there's everyone is wearing masks. There's no reason that personal service places can't be open as long as, you know, people are wearing masks and being responsible. Unfortunately, you know, the salons are closed. The movie theaters are closed. And the reason why is because people are having parties and aren't wearing masks. Pure yeah. and simple, because freedom. So fight for your right to party. I need to get some DeClua to put in this coffee. Up there we time. go. And we'll be talking to Rob uh, Gaisecki from Chill Bar in a couple of minutes. They're reopening uh, yep. with a kitchen and V Wine Lounge is open. The Roost, they're, uh, they've reopened. They've got food coming yep. in from other places. So people are finding ways around the, the intent, I guess it's the intent of the law, um, and, and I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but they are finding ways to reopen. You know, I don't think there's a problem with it because yeah. the, the actually I disagree that the, the with what you're saying about them finding ways oh, around yeah. the attempt. Law. The law is very specific that if bars are serving legitimate food, like in other words, you know, more yeah. than that little thing of trail mix that you'd get, <laughs> and they're require following all the mask rules, mm -hmm. and they are only doing outdoor service, that you're allowed to reopen. The laws are yeah. actually written like that. That is yeah. what we have to do. Yeah. It is the way forward. So it still feels. Right. You know, as long as we don't, just like last time, we walked into this restaurant or that restaurant and had a panic attack yep. because they weren't doing those things. They, yep. we kids, people do have to go back to work. People do have to go back to school. We can't shut down everything forever. So this play by the rules BS is important. And it is. 
We have mm -hmm. to find ways. And, and every little business that does it thinks up another smart approach to something. And as those things get spread, we figure out more and more ways to take care of each other instead of more and more ways to not take care of each other. It is the path forward. We it really is. I wanted to ask you guys also about the fire because I'm seeing it in the sky, all of the smoke yeah. that's that's blanketing the coach. I mean, you can see it from space. Yeah. Um, and they they said that it was a, a malfunctioning diesel engine that caused the thing. And the thing that came to my mind, are you guys familiar with what um, rolling coal is or coal rolling? No. Sounds like something happens at barracks late at night, but go ah. ahead. It's um, it, it, it kind of made uh, made some news a couple of years ago. These people that had these big souped up diesel pickup trucks would intentionally blow really, really carbon rich black plumes of smoke huh. at people, especially those driving Priuses uh, <laughs> and electric vehicles as a, as an anti environment protest. Wow. And and that malfunction i wonder if it was somebody rolling coal because you can change the you know the the fuel richness of mm. your diesel mm. engine to blow this big smoky with embers so in it on demand you could yes. do that now yes there no, are people that do it do it as would, a political statement i would never speculate but the way that the announcement i i, I don't have it in front of me but when, when they announced that they were suspecting because of eyewitness accounts they were. They suspected that that was a cause of the fire, and they were actually asking people to come forward. There might be something there, um, but you know, it's also it also could be something a lot less nefarious. Um, but the fact that they were very specific about a diesel engine and it was a malfunction, there might be something to that. But you know, obviously that's just speculation at this point. We'll, we'll hopefully know more moving forward. Um, I'm just grateful that, I mean, I hate to dismiss this. Last I heard, four structures had been burned. And where this fire was, that is, you have to, you know, Pretty I don't want to diminish the losses of those, the people who lost those four structures. But that's some amazing work by the firefighters. I mean, that's where this fire happened to only have four structures burned. That's amazing. You know how this internet is where everybody knows everything. All my friends in Oregon are, of course, writing to me terrified that I'm having to grab my dogs under my arms and yep. evacuate. Um, you know, when there's a earthquake in Nevada, they're calling the Oregonians to make <laughs> yeah. sure they're okay or whatever. But um, there is, I mean, to totally minimal, minimalize the impact, the whole top of my pool is covered in ash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, so we're we're in the backdraft of it, but I have friends well, who live other, over the in the past, people, and they're miserable. The other day, the other day, some people in um, DHS and in Palm Springs, we didn't get one, but they actually got an alert because of the uh, bad, negligent actions of PG&E up in Northern California. Oh. Yeah. The the some utilities in severe fire danger have actually said, "Hey, you know, if it, it's really scary, we're going to turn off your power." I yeah. got that. Because yeah, so so that's another possible aspect well, of this. I don't think they, they send can make that a case. to the poor neighborhoods because they have to turn off the poor neighborhoods when there's a problem. Well, strange. Yeah. I didn't get one. See, <laughs> I'm in a poor neighborhood. They're going to have a real hard time making a public safety case for turning off the power in the middle of Palm Springs on a day when the high is supposed to get up to 110. But well, you never know. That was never meant to be released to Palm Springs. Somebody I from bet. the city, an engineer in the city, 
uh, posted it on Nextdoor uh, irresponsibly. Oh. I actually I actually commented back to him. Okay. Um, and he actually put in all the um, secret, like all the back channel um, phone numbers and everything else. He just reposted it without paying attention. Well. And PSPS was never meant to be Palm Springs. It was meant to be right. You know, public service. You know, something, something. Correct. So anyway, they made that. a mistake. He corrected it, but it okay. did get a lot of people. Uh, nervous uh, that they were, their power was going to get cut in Palm Springs. Not the case. I actually saw some alerts that went to customers from from um, from Southern California Edison. So I'm not sure. I don't. Anyway, anyway I don't think it's going to happen. But you never know. Yep. And thank right, you, well, Brad. I just wanted to thank Brad because yesterday we were talking about my crazy electric bill. I I like read it. I my bill had a hundred and eleven dollars for uh, Desert Community Energy on it so that's a that's something we'll have to talk about yeah. I mean, you know i i had the I, I i actually worked with that campaign a little bit and it's very uh not deceptive or misleading but it's 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 um weird your bill is now split into two parts and desert community energy is not adding on to your bill they've just taken the energy delivery part to edison and then oh. the amount of energy you use actually gets billed by DCE. And if you want to opt down or opt out of that, you can. Everybody got opted into the um, most green part of that, and it does raise your rates. But even if you opted out of it completely, you'd still get a bill from DCE, okay. for part, I believe, for part of your energy usage. My well, nest just took over for me the other day. And suddenly, as I was sweating my butt off, I was walking down the hallway, I waved my hand over it, and it said 89 degrees inside my house. Yeah. And it gave, I pushed it, it wouldn't change. It gave me a message that my nest had been redesigned for better energy efficiency. And I had to turn the whole thing off and back on to try and get some air blowing into my house. I thought, I don't know what that is. Our technology is trying to make us behave because no as doubt. Americans, we won't behave. I don't know. Yeah. So guys, Hi, Jimmy, anything else for the yes. good of the cause today? No, just, you know, stay diligent. Um, here at the independent where we're working on a lot of stuff. Uh, we posted a really compelling story um, yesterday about uh, DACA on um, the deferred action for childhood arrivals that uh, everyone celebrated a couple months ago in the Supreme court. Uh, basically said the Trump uh, administration had shut it down illegally and they couldn't shut it down. Well, they're shutting it down anyway, pretty much. And so our Kevin Fitzgerald talked to a couple of local activists, including someone who's registered with DACA, DACA about how that's affecting our local immigrant community. All right. And uh, we've got some other stuff uh, later today at cdependent.com. It may already be posted by the time this comes out. We'll have a piece on the new drive-in theater that's happening at uh, the Westfield Palm Desert uh, starting, I believe, this weekend, although they're already sold out this weekend, so you can get your yeah. tickets for the following weekend. Yeah, and we've got a lot of other stuff coming up. You know, one thing I want to say is a lot of us have been going through rough times, and a lot of us are kind of hunkering <clears throat> down and staying home, and um, something that I keep reminding myself is these days during the pandemic, we're not going to get a credit at the end of our lives for these days because they were kind of weird and isolated, so we got to make the most of them. So safely and responsibly make the most of this time like you need to every day Thank nice points and if you happen to go by the uh the old place here on arenas uh throw a couple of pebbles at my window and i'll wave Perfect. to you i will I'll, I'll bring a boom box and start singing now. sounds good 
Keep that side eye sparkling. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. We Thanks, love Jimmy. You. Have a great Not day. a good profile look. Take care. And if you need to uh, check out all of this stuff, and we really recommend you do, go to cvindependent.com, sign up for the newsletter, and stay informed. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Thanks. Later. Hello, and now we'd like to welcome Lex Ortega, who works at the LGBT Center here in Palm Springs. How are you, honey? I'm waking up. <laughs> <laughs> this is a painful insult to ask people on at this hour in the morning. We appreciate you getting up and looking so pretty already. Good Thank morning. You. Good morning, y'all. And congratulations. Um, you, you were just promoted. Um, I guess I just had like a title change. Um, oh, okay. There's been some title changes like throughout the center. Uh, and, you know, we've been really um, fortunate, right, that we've got to maintain our staff. We've gotten to promote people. We've even got to add a new staff member, um, Charles Huff, who's our volunteer manager. Um, so Yay. it's an exciting time to be at the center while the world is kind of blowing up. <laughs> so what is your actual t new t new title change to? It is uh, Director of Community Engagement and Innovation. That awesome. sounds right. That sounds totally on target. You're one, of the few, you're one of the few people I know who was born and raised in the Coachella Valley, right? Yes, that's correct. So I was Amazing. You went to high school did, and college here too, everything? Or did you go away um, for some college? I went away to the Bay Area for college. I was a first generation student. I went to Stanford and then I came back. So I've been back now for like 11 years, Yeah. Uh, which feels wild to say. But yeah, this is my forever home. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm so... Um, why I spend a lot of energy, right, in community spaces um, because... I, I'm invested in this place um, in a way that maybe some other folks aren't, um, or maybe just like on a different level. So well, it's your focus. Go ahead, John. I, you know, part of your job description is innovation. Mm -hmm. So what have you been doing with innovation? Share. <laughs> Get back to me. Get back to me in six months. Um, no, I think it's just about like, how do we as the LGBT center um, stay relevant, stay current? Um, that's, that's a, that's, and it's not for the sake of the LGBT center. I think it's for the sake of our community, right? Um, what yeah. I've noticed, and, and I noticed this as soon as I came back, right? Like I found myself uh, literally like found who I was as a person in queer spaces of color. And then I came back to my hometown and the childhood that I remembered, which was racially diverse, um, was seemingly non-existent in queer spaces right here in palm springs in lgbtq spaces uh and and that's not okay <laughs> at the end of the day i think i spent like i've spent like 10 years trying to like find my position and i think within the past few years it's like no like actually um there's a reason why lgbtq spaces here are are mostly white it's because a lot of whiter folks moved to the desert because Palm Springs is becoming a lot more expensive. And so who gets pushed out? Mostly browner folks, mostly blacker folks, right? Um, yep. So there's reasons for all of the realities that we see and that we experience. Um, and I think with the way of the world right now and how the world has sort of like stopped with the pandemic and also with the uprisings um, around police violence, like there's 
we have to meet the moment to take a, a, a phrase from Kevin Newsom. Yeah. Uh, and that means meeting all the moments. That means meeting all of the injustices that we see, whether that's with regards to racial justice, whether that's re with regards to um, uh, age, like women, poverty, yeah, poverty, women, um, the environment, right, yep. um, healthcare access, right, uh, why why people who are considered essential workers um, barely have enough money to like actually pay for rent. Um, so all of these things, I think uh, there's no better time than now. There's been no better time than every other moment before this. Um, and so I think I've just really taken the opportunity or like the time as an individual to think about like, what are the things that I'm spending my time talking about? What are the things that um, I am bringing up? And then also how do I push other people like the three of you, um, yes. beautiful people to step into leadership too, right? Um, I, I, before this, I was watching some of your videos and I saw Lauren um, speak. Um, and then I saw the person from Princess and the Frog. Oh yeah, Michael, Michael yeah, Leon yeah. Woolley. Uh, yes, and so and I'm- creator of Reverie. Did you see LaShawn? No, what is She's that? She's a black lesbian who is one of the founders of Reverie, which is the queer, very diverse live streaming, or not streaming, not live, streaming, streaming, like Hulu. It's nice. the queer Hulu, and it's made up by four, I don't think there's a white person. Cool, I'll, I'll take, okay, why, okay. I just That's my Reverie app. Yep. Yeah. So I'm glad that you all are doing this. That's great. And right, education and these conversations don't have to like include or involve only folks of color, right? Like right. you all can have a conversation amongst yourself, like as white people, like how does white privilege like impact mm -hmm. me, right? Or these right. are the, the, the things that I've recently learned. Um, so I think... I think that's where like a lot of like my personal energy is. And so back to the original question, John, like how do I we forgot the original question. No, no, uh, innovation. Where are, yeah. where are, where, what are you innovating with? Yeah, I think part of that is like, like rethinking the, the things that I've seen in LGBTQ communities. And that might be innovative for some folks here. And um, there are folks that have been spending their whole lives doing it, right? And so it can be kind of a misnomer to call it innovation. Um, but other than that, you know, um, keep, check back with, check back with me in six well, months. I also want to drag, I also want to drag you over a little bit to the topic of what, what the center is offering in virtual, how you have pivoted to meet the community and is a diverse community pivoting to meet you where you have pivoted? Cool. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, within like 24 hours, we had scheduled of the pandemic shutdown, we had scheduled like meetings on Zoom um, with regards to like just a space, right? To talk about what the F is happening. Um, and we've continued those. We do them every Monday and Tuesday, myself and Jill Hingston. Um, and they're really sort of like community care spaces. Um, uh, we are meeting folks where they're at. There's no like educational component really. It's just like, how do we show up for each other in community? Um, yeah. How do we hold our own emotions and also do that with other people, people that are strangers, basically, people that we haven't met at all? I drink. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting, like the way that people respond to like these conversations, right? And as folks who are part of like the comedy sector, right? Going to humor is sometimes a coping mechanism. Yeah, and that's totally, okay. yeah. Uh, that's totally okay. Um, and how do we also create space for other coping tools um, too? Uh, and then aside, other than that, Shan, we have transitioned a lot of our past programming um, onto Zoom. So a yeah. lot of the things that you saw before, they're now on Zoom. But, you know, when we use a tool that's so based, heavily based on, like, you need a device and you need stable internet access, then that yeah. automatically excludes a ton of folks. It excludes, well, like, folks that, that live in area, rural areas that mm -hmm. don't have access to internet. It excludes folks that, like, can't afford internet. Um, so, so those are things that, you know, we have to constantly keep in mind and like, are we the most appropriate space for those people to come? Right. If, if we, let's say we created something that was specifically for folks that lived in like a rural area. Um, but then they came to the space like physically distance. Right. But then, you know, we don't have the knowledge or we engage in microaggressions <laughs> that don't create a welcoming space. Right. So these are all like, things that we have to be really thoughtful about and things that we have to like be critical about too. It's layered, man. It's just so many layers and we've not really, I, I feel like we've been trying to have some of these conversations and as white people, which I pass for, which is irritating, quite frankly, for, yeah. you know, I'm constant anyway. So yeah, no, and, think, and that's real. Like I right. want to say, cause you, you wanted to like go beyond that. But I do want to say that that's real, right? Because at the end of the day, like, right. I, I consider myself a person of color. Me I too. come from like Latinx descent. And right. I also know that like, I'm not black, right? And right. that like, despite the melanin that I have in my body, depending on where I go, I might get access to like more privilege or might um, benefit from my proximity to whiteness. Um, that other folks don't and so those holding those two things especially yeah. when you're a person of color and you personally experienced racism it right. hurts it sucks but then when you also recognize that oh I also benefit in some ways from yeah. all of these systems yeah. um, then so I just want to own that because that's important Jen it, it well, does suck, right yeah uh, and yeah. it's powerful for you to know that like you are white passing too um, right so yeah and you know, that's for, news for to me Right. It's of, new. Go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, for those of us who are white male and have come from that white male privilege, it's it, it, like even saying that still feels a little weird to me because I didn't grow up rich or but I but I understand much more now. And I think these last few months have given us a pause in so many different parts of our lives. We, we got off the merry-go-round of doing all these events and mixers and social, and it gave us time to focus on the fact that um, we have had a very privileged, we as, as white males, especially in this town, in this area, have had a very privileged uh, go of it. Um, even those who are less fortunate, white male, um, have had a pretty pretty good run. And, um, and so I, I, I appreciate hearing your voice and we had Brian Gallo and we've had so many other people on to talk about these subjects and going to the rallies and seeing these perspectives because it does it does help us grow. 
Yeah. Well, and that's it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and right. Um, I think the thing that I've seen, especially in like the white gale community is like, you know, there's a lot of healing that needs to be done around our a gay identity or an LGBTQ identity, because the reality is this world has also not been set up to, it wasn't made for queer and trans people. It wasn't made for LGBTQ people, right? And so that pain that white gay men hold um, that come from a a different generation too, and that's a privilege that I have, right? I come, I'm a millennial, so I have the privilege of not having to have grown up in a culture that was, you know, like a 50s, you know, gender norm culture. Or All we had was Charles Nelson Riley and Paul Lind. I have no idea and who those people are. Exactly. <laughs> well, Google them. No, but I mean, we only yeah. had, we, we just had a couple of, uh, you Snarky, know. Snarky, flamboyant actors. guys right. that were right. on TV. The rest good. was people making fun. I mean, you right. would hear... You would hear faggot said on, you know, a cop show. It right. Was just, it wasn't out of the, the norm. We, I wish we had more time to talk yeah. to you. We, we have a couple more guests that are um, chomping at the bit to get in, but we want people to check out thecenterps.org. No matter where you are on planet Earth, go, go to thecenterps.org because we're so proud that we have this resource here in Palm Springs, and we're so glad that you are... Uh, doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I adore you. Come back again and see us. All right. Six months. It's a date. (laughs) Or sooner. (laughs) Or sooner. All right. Bye. All right. We are back on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with a couple of people who uh, make sure that we have a lot of fun when 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 we can have fun, yeah. and uh, we've certainly been locked down from having the fun we used to have fun on Arenas. Mr. Jeff Hawker first with his beautiful Arenas shirt on today. Welcome. Nice. Jeff is the producer of Halloween on Arenas and also works on a number of other events in the city, um, and he also works with the Palm Springs Gay Men's Chorus. And Rob Giesica, who is the proprietor of Chill Bar, which Rob, are you going to be renaming it Chill Bar and Restaurant? What are we doing with uh, the new food service? No, the branding's going to be the same. We're still going to be um, just the Chill Bar here in Palm Springs. Um, but we are going to be adding food to our program. Um, so what we're going to be doing is kitchen, what we're calling kitchen takeovers. Um, we're going to be bringing in different chefs from around the Coachella Valley. You know, as you know, there's a lot of people in the food service industry who aren't working right now as well. So we're bringing in chefs from around the valley. A lot of them who have Instagram followings have been either doing meal prep for homes or they've been, you know, some of them may be coming from Riverside where they might be doing a food truck or something like that, bringing them into Palm Springs where there's really no opportunities for food trucks or pop-up type restaurants, bringing those guys in or women in as the case may be. Um, Once we get back to a normal schedule after the city lifts and the city and the state lift the requirements to have food all the time, they'll be serving food from noon when we open until about 6 p.m. And at that point, we'll slow things down for a little bit, you know, while the sort of the drinking and and party crowd gets going. And then late night, we'll be bringing our own menu back, which will be more, you know, bar bites, you know, things to sort of, you know, keep people going a little bit in the later on in the evening or help them, you know, sober up before the trip home. Uh, But in the meantime, you know, because the food is required to be throughout, we're going to be doing the, um, the kitchen takeovers are going to be from 12 to six. And then we're going to be going from six until close with our late night menu. 
All right, when does and, this kick off? Yeah, yeah, when does it start? So the grand opening for the community is going to be on Sunday. We're going to be opening at noon, just like we normally do you know, with the yeah. hour. Sunday, just fun day. Um, and then tomorrow and Saturday, we're going to be doing a friends and family event um, for people who are going to be gentle, are going to be giving us gentle, um, constructive criticism <laughs> on the service. Yeah, as you guys know, this is you know completely new to us. It's completely new to our staff. The kitchen takeover guys are, um, you know, they're obviously experienced in this, but it's going to be new for us. And so it's going to, as any new restaurant, it's going to take us a little bit to work out the kinks. And so we're giving ourselves those two days to, uh, you know, figure out where the biggest pitfalls are, get that taken care of before we you know, bring in the you know, the community on Sunday. Who is going to be? Go ahead. <laughs> Who, who's who's the takeover on Sunday? Uh, the Kitchen Takeover on Sunday is a group called uh, Fresco Meal Prep. Um, they're actually the food and beverage uh, directors over at the S in Rancho Mirage. But they've, you know, once everything closed down, they started this um, company called Fresco Meal Prep where they were doing, um, you know, things for people to take away, you know, while everybody was in quarantine. Um, their claim to fame is uh, Mexican fusion sushi. Uh, oh, yeah. So think, you know, sushi rolls, poke bowls, um, they do stacks of, you know, fish and, um, and rice and, and vegetables, um, but all with um, sort of the Mexican spices to it. So the big hit is the aguachella roll, so aguachella sauce in sushi. Um, there's poke nachos. Um, so mm. that one's going to be really interesting. Uh, they're going to be kicking us off for the first four days. Uh, from there, we're going to move into a group that's been around Palm Springs for a while, Oja Blanca. Um, mm -hmm. So you've seen them either at Alibi or they've been, they've done pop-ups at different other places yeah. and they're going to be coming here. Um, there's a gentleman coming in from Indio called uh, Experimental Concepts and that's more elevated Mexican street food. And then finally, um, we're going to have a, a guy called um, Chris uh, McCartney, and he, his company is Popping Off Pies, and that's all hand-tossed pizzas. Um, mm. So you saw on our Instagram, oh, yeah. we've got the pizza oven here ready to go. Um, so he's going to be making pizzas for us. I've had his. It's so good. He's it's so really good. good. Yeah, he's really cool. Everybody's really cool. So we're going to be you know, featuring, you know, the kitchen takeovers, and then it'll be a rotation. I suggest that everybody reach out to our website. We've got, we've redone the website so you can find all the takeovers there, when they're going to be there, their menus are there. Good. Uh, you know, so, but always, you know, check out our Instagram and Facebook as well. We'll be posting. Uh, and then hopefully it'll be, still be, it'll still be chill bar. We'll, it's going to have not the party party vibe, but, you know, it's still going to be, um, it's still going to be a loungy vibe along with the food so well you've got to innovate and this was this right. you're, you're really the first uh the first bar on arenas to open back up obviously um uh dean at black book has stayed open for carry out only for food but you're really the first one that has stepped uh, dipped your toe into the water with uh with food service and it sounds like you're planning on keeping this after we open back up this is going to be long term so i think when we great. when we when we first closed down and then we had that short reopening, yeah. you know, we noticed, you know, a lot of people came in for lunch, you know, so we had to have the food to reopen. Mm -hmm. um, but our Monday, Tuesday and Wednesdays were actually busier than Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays before COVID. So and 
is the kitchen the kitchen is it the kitchen that was always there when it was a restaurant was still there or where is the kitchen the majority of it was still there the biggest thing for us was the grease trap and so that had to be you know, had to confirm that that was still operational and, and it was luckily yeah. for us um, amazing you know, for, yeah i mean with the new technology we don't need a hood in the kitchen for ventilation that would have been a big expense for us and we probably wouldn't have thought about things the same way um, you know, but with the, you know, with like I said, with the new technology and ovens, you know, we don't need that. And so we can offer, you know, pretty much a full, you know, hot and cold menu, um, you know, out of the kitchen that we had. And, and the guys from Fresco were actually the ones that, um, you know, consulted on the kitchen and I can't speak, you know, highly enough of them. Super professional, got it done on time. We just had the health department here on Tuesday to check what we were doing and, you know, they were in and out in 14 minutes because it was that buttoned up. Well, you can be sure that all of us will come by and awesome. take a, have a little sip and a nibble and all of that. And I know that, um, you know, you're looking for light friends and family. We definitely, as a team, we went to the um, Asia SF and good luck with snark light from the gay guys. But, you know, you can uh, tell them to be that way, but good luck with it. And Jeff yeah, Hawker, you're that. hearing a lot. You just came from a meeting talking about what's going to go forward and what isn't. So would you mind give us the inside? Yeah, you know, as you can imagine, things are changing on a daily basis. And I, I always say to people, they ask me how I'm doing, and I say one day at a time. Um, I just got off a meeting with Jasmine from the Park and Rec Department, and then I was also involved with the chamber meeting and a merchants association meeting. And what the city's trying to do is they're trying to uh, open up some of the streets to allow restaurants to expand more into the, especially Palm Canyon. And I know Rob and some of the other bars on Arenas have already done outside patio areas. Yeah. So it's the next step to reopening some of these bars and restaurants. Um, I am fully in support of, of closing Palm Canyon for periods of time and extending all the restaurants. During this summer period, I've traveled to San Diego and Los Angeles, and they're already doing it. San Francisco, the same thing. You know, so I'm like, okay, let's get business back and let's work with all the merchants, do all the social distancing, wear the masks. You know, a, a lot of what these restaurants are doing now is the menus are all on a QR code right. and you just put your phone up and there's no menus. So there's no exchanging of, you know, bacteria or whatever, the social distancing. I mean, a lot of the waiters in, in these restaurants also, they don't lean over you. They keep their distance. They put their tray out. You take things off the tray. I mean, there's a lot of ways to be really safe. Um, we just need to implement them here in Palm Springs. And I'm all for what you're doing, Rob. And I, I think yeah. you're going to be a leader and you're going to succeed and show the example of how it's done right. Thanks. I know we were dreaming of the idea. We talked months ago. Is is anybody still considering closing off arenas? Um, and we talked about it for a while. And I think the city has come back a few times. Originally, there was there were some costs involved. And I think that they came back and they sort of sharpened their pencils a little bit. And I mean, Jeff probably knows more than I do, but I think that there's gonna be some opportunities to close the streets on the weekend. Um, so we won't quite have sort of the permanent, you know, structures that we're gonna be having in our parking lots. Um, but I think that what I'm hearing is that on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, arenas could be closed. 
I mean, it's worked so well for Pride and for Halloween, you know, back in the day when people, you know, were uh, in crowds. But uh, there is a lot of space and, you know, those how many, what, 50 parking spaces at the most, maybe 20 parking spaces are not that important. There's there's other places to park. Jeff, what are you hearing then about uh, your event, Halloween on Arenas, which typically rolls right into Pride? What do we what do we know? At this point, um, what's happening is the city is taking direction from Riverside County and the state, Gavin Newsom's office. So gatherings of 10 or more for events are still being put on hold. Um, again, you know, it's, things are changing on a daily basis. Um, so at this point, we can't plan any major Halloween event. At this point, it's too difficult for me to go out and get sponsors for an event that we don't know for sure is going to happen. But if indeed the bars start reopening on arenas, there could be a smaller version of something on arenas for Halloween. But if not, we're in the process of thinking about doing something uh, digitally. And I would love to have Gay Desert Guide involved with it. Thank you, Jeff. I I would love to see a virtual, sorry. I would yeah. love to see a virtual costume contest where people film themselves for yeah. 10 seconds in their living room and then we compile it and, <laughs> well, you know, and then a Zoom panel of us judge them yeah, from yeah. home. Jeff, we know we how to judge. Jeff, we always some have really the, crazy um, parties too. You know, right or we close the street and we social distance everybody and instead of having a big stage, we promenade people right down the middle of the street. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a lot of variations. I think those was. will come probably at the last minute if indeed we do anything on the street. And what did you Ron, say, Ron's Rob? Looking, Ron's looking at the same thing for Pride. He's looking yeah. at how to, he, they, he's, I think he's already ruled out a virtual Pride, but Has he's he? trying to find, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't think that because it just hasn't worked in other places. So yeah. we're trying to do something else. Rob, your thoughts? No, I was thinking, I mean, just as Jeff was talking, you know, there's probably really nothing to prevent us from you know, just expanding what we're doing in our parking lots in the streets, you know, rather than, you know, have a standing room only Halloween on arenas, you know, turn it into a big giant dinner show. You know, people are at their seats, you know, serve, you know, maybe food and boxes. And, you know, I think the big thing that ABC and that everybody hit on was that when people are at their seats, eating something, having drinks and food brought to them, you can actually manage the social distancing. You know, the yeah. minute that they feel like they can get up and you know, want to wander around, they're gonna yeah. you know, congregate in some area and then you have yeah. a problem. And you even saw it in the Hamptons, you know, with the you know, big chain smokers concert, right? I think all right. best intentions of having people drive up to that, but yeah. eventually they get out of their car and then they wanna get close to where the entertainment is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so if we can do something that's, you know, obviously now we're a restaurant, so we're happy to, to help you, Jeff, along with the kitchen takeover people is, you know, figure out a way to, you know, get people at tables and, you know, still do the entertainment. That might be a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just went to San Diego Pride and they didn't have a Pride Festival. They didn't do a parade, but what they did do, and this ties into what Rob is doing, is all the focus was on the bars and they were all serving food mm-hmm. and they were able to social distance everybody like riches in san diego they they put partitions between every single table 
and made sure that everybody's temperature was taken and they washed their hands when they came in. And it really is it enables you to make sure all the guidelines are followed. So yeah, I'll, I'd love to work with you, Rob, and we'll come up with some kind of strategic plan. Well, you know where to find <laughs> Yes, we can find you, uh, find uh, uh, chillbarpalmsprings.com is the website. Yes. And newly uh, improved, hawkerproductions.com is where you find Jeff. You can contact him there. And uh, we have some really creative people in this town, and we're glad that you guys are always thinking of the, of the next way to adapt. And, and good on you for uh, adapting the way you're, you're doing it. Leading the pivot, you are. Oh, leading no. the pivot, and we thank you. I appreciate you guys getting the word out for us. We will be doing that for you. Thank you for being with us today on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, part of GayDesertGuide.com. And uh, again, thanks to Rob and to Jeff for joining us today. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. You guys. See you later. Bye. Before we go, I just wanted to go through some of the information that you'll find in our email newsletter at GayDesertGuide.com. You can sign up on our Facebook page, or you can also sign up on our uh, website. Um, we've got men's speed dating for all ages. Shan, you are the hostess with the mostest for the fun and games department. We yes. did trivia earlier this week, and now it's uh, speed dating time. Men of all ages, which means me, I'm going to be on there this week. Okay. Uh, I'm not much of a catch, but, you know, maybe I'll find something. You never know. Um, and then next week, you're doing the Big Gay Scavenger Hunt Home Edition on Tuesday. Super fun. It looks like fun, and I can't wait to be a part of that. Uh, KGA's virtual concert series with Shan doing a little co-hosting on that this weekend. Sunday, it is featuring Anita Treadmill and Divas on the Dance Floor. And actually, <laughs> Saturday, Tommy Rose is reprising his concert. Oh, that's great. With them Good as to well. Know. Good yeah. to know. Thank you. Shop for a cause. We would be remiss if we didn't let people know that you can shop for the Boys and Girls Club this weekend. 10% of all Proceeds from participating stores, retailers, downtown Palm Springs will be on Friday from 3 to 8 p.m. 10% of retail sales go to the Boys and Girls Club. Happy National Farmers Market Week. Go to your local farmers market this weekend. They are inside at the Palm Springs Pavilion. And uh, also just a lot of other fun things like the drive-in experience at the Cultural Center, uh, the wine tasting at Boucher, and all kinds of great events. We cover it all at GayDesertGuide.com. Thanks for joining us today on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Thanks to Shan and to John and Jimmy and all of our guests. All right, we'll see you uh, speed dating Saturday. Find out about it at GayDesertGuide.com. I am looking for a low maintenance guy and the age I like is the Renaissance. <laughs> from the Renaissance. If it's all ages, right? Can I pick a... I'm picking more Paleolithic for you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.